This is a moment in wine and hip hop, brought to you by Crew Love, blending wine and hip hop at the highest level. Wine and hip hop, wine and music. Yeah, what's good, y'all? It's your man Jermaine Showtime Stone, aka the Wolf of Wine, aka the Czar Vibes, aka Young Thanos. So I'm just out here collecting Infinity Stones. This is another one of them ones, man. Today, I am sitting with a legend. We still riding high off the Wine and Hip Hop Festival. I'm with another one of our sponsors, Brett Barish, founder and CEO of Sovereign Brands. You might not know the name Sovereign Brands. You might not know the name Brett Barish, but you know his work. You know Luke Belair, Bamboo Rum, V-Lone Cognac. And that McQueen gin, that's my drink, man. I told Brett that was my drink. There are times when products are embraced by hip-hop culture, and there are times when products are a part of hip-hop culture. And what Brett has been able to do consistently is create and develop products that are a part of hip-hop culture. Working with amazing artists like Rick Ross, Young Thug, Lil Wayne, DJ Khaled, the list goes on. So me as a young wine business professional on the come up, I really enjoy picking Brett's brain and hearing his story, what his thought process has been to developing this company, selecting the artists that he worked with. And even if he set out to create an artist-centric brand, it was just a dope conversation. Brett is an amazing guy. His contributions to hip hop are obvious. So there was no way we could have a wine and hip hop festival without Sovereign Brands. So thank you guys. Without further ado, here is my man, Brett Barrish. Man, it's, uh, it's an honor and a pleasure. You know, I was letting you know before we started recording that um, just as a fan of wine and hip hop, just a big thank you for your contributions to both industries. And you really are pioneering bringing those two together in a high way that, um, that pays respect to both cultures, man. So my hat's off to you and appreciate you. You know, I gotta start, you know, you've really been a leader in dynamic change in the wine industry and bringing hip hop together. A lot of people know you for Bel Air, but that wasn't your start. Can you tell me a little bit about how you got into the wine and spirits business? It, it's easy and it's, it's it, the, the easy part is uh, my dad, I grew up in the business. My dad was 45 years at the same liquor company um, and I have three brothers, and if you came to our house at dinner time, that's all he ever talked about. That's it, uh, is the liquor business. And he he has that twinkle in his, he's 90 years old now, he's got that twinkle in his eye every time you get him going talking about the, the industry. Um, and then long story short, uh, I was in my 30s, I was lost, I didn't, I was that kid who, who, uh, who had too many ideas but never chose one. And then finally, I have always wanted to do something in this space, and then I just said, screw it, I gotta focus, and I, I, I jumped right in uh, to the industry. Mm. Wow, man. So tell me, what was your first, what was your first endeavor like? Um, it's the best and the worst thing that ever happened. Um, my my and it's amazing because it's i say it's the best and the worst it's a brand there it's a brand i started uh that literally has it doesn't exist today 
But Jermaine, I, I can tell you honestly, it's because of that brand that everything I do today is based on. And yep. it, it's such a guiding light for me. And this is what I always try to tell other people when they're starting any business is, my God, the mistakes you make is how you learn. Um, and it's not, it doesn't have to be your mistakes. It's just, it's learning how to pivot, learning how to change and learning what works and learning what doesn't work. And at least I'm the type of person that I got to make mistakes before I can, I can find the path to get on. So, um, it was the worst because it also, you know, things just weren't going well, you know, and the brand wasn't working and financially I'm screwed and, so it, it was all, all the good things and the bad thing. You know, granted, I didn't know it was bad. It was good at the time. It was more I had to I, you got to fight through that stuff first to get there, to see the other side. It's amazing, man, because it's, it's similar to your, your show title, Self Made. You know, like you really it wasn't anybody that like gave you that start in branding. As you mentioned, you had to make those mistakes. But it was also just to give you an idea, like. Part of me thought, geez, my dad's 45 years in the business. His, his name will help me. It didn't, it didn't help at all, you know, right. because once, you know, once he left the company, there's no leverage anymore, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so it's almost the worst thing because it's almost, it's almost counterintuitive. But, you know, I always say this, even my dad would say this, you know, if he were to step into my shoes, he couldn't do this. And if I were to step into his shoes, I couldn't do what he did. You know, because he was at a big giant company and I, I don't know what that's like. I'm at a small company and learning how to, to grind and he doesn't know what that's like. So, you know, it's hard to step in someone else's shoes and, and just go. It just doesn't work that way. And again, it's all about learning. Definitely. So a lot of your, your brands definitely have that vibe and that energy of hip hop spirit right now. Can you tell me a little bit about your earliest impressions? that hip hop made on you to the point where you wanted to, you know, devote so much of your business towards it? So I'd answer it two ways. I don't think my brand, I'm in the liquor business. That's it. I'm in the liquor business. I love wine and spirits. I love creating wine and spirits. I love the process of making the branding side. So everything I'm doing, Jermaine, is based on the brand. I want, you know, if I'm going to go into a category like rum, I want that rum-based product to be the best tasting rum in the world. And I want the process to be something that yields that. I want the story to be something that tells something. So that's the lane I'm in. So at the end of the day, no matter what I do in hip hop or elsewhere, if that brand isn't good, they're never gonna come back again. They're never gonna drink it, they're never gonna taste it, they're never, you know, if the package isn't good, they won't try it. So that's where I live. So outside of that, once I've got a great product, outside of that, when it comes to music, I'm a big fan of music, but I'm a bigger fan of the business side of an artist, the influence side of an artist. The fact that to me, they're self-made. To me, they're an individual. To me, they're, they're out there grinding on their own. To me, they got a big chip on their shoulder and they want to prove something. You know, it's not an easy lifestyle, but I, I get it and it's a lane that I wanted to be in. So I chose, hey, I wanna do this. I wanna see if I can co-mingle. I wanna see if I can work with people who have that grind to do something pretty special. And I like the lane. So to me, it's, it's always organic, meaning I'm not forcing anything. I'm not, 
I'm not trying to do a transaction. I'm, I'm trying to build relationships. And that's the thing with hip hop, you know, hip hop has a way of sniffing out the bullshit pretty quickly, <laughs> you know? So you obviously have to be a very genuine person and truly heartfully connected with the culture for the culture to accept you and continue to, to bring you along. You know, what were some of the first developing relationships with hip hop artists like? Uh oh, it's, well, it's no different than today, meaning, and I tell people this all the time, I'm not looking for a deal. I'm not, as I said earlier, I'm not looking for a transaction because that a transaction has a finite relationship. It ends. Yeah. My whole thing is I don't want it to end. I want it to be a long lasting thing. It's like marriage, you know, in theory, the longer you're married, the better it gets because you figured it out together, you know? You know the ins and outs. You're not trying to start over. And that's what I'm always looking for. So that hasn't changed. If I go back in time, it was, you know, and I pick up things. I remember, you know, Jermaine Dupree, who, you know, this is 20 some years ago, and Jermaine was, was hot. Jermaine was it. But yeah. it's no, you know, whether it was Jermaine back then or Jay or, or Ross or, or a Post Malone today, it's all the same for me. It's just finding people. I'm learning from them. And I appreciate them. I remember Jermaine, Jermaine would always have somebody young around him. And the reason he did is because he wanted to make sure he knew, you know, what young people were listening to. What was hot today? What was what was influencing people? And to this day, I still believe in that. You know, if you look at my team, they're young and aggressive, and I want to be in touch with you know the street. I want to know what's going on, and I think that's critical. But I think it's taking those elements, and I think that's part of hip hop is is taking those elements and bringing them forward and what you learn. Mm. So on that, like, what are some of the changes in the industry that you've seen? You know from working with Jermaine all those years ago to now? The, the biggest difference, I mean, once I say it, you'll say, of course, is back then, you know, and I can name people, and, you know, every, anybody from a Jermaine to a Neo to a Fat Joe, those guys are iconic. You know, to break in music back then, God, that was hard. And, you know, you had to, as Nipsey says, pop your trunk and... and and sell your CDs and go up to radio. But you're iconic today because there was, it was really hard to be famous. But once you're famous, you're really famous and that'll never go away. The difference today is in theory, everybody's famous, you know? And it's easy to, to get some success. It's really hard to maintain that to become iconic, you know, to become somebody who who can live forever. Like, you know, Fat Joe's gonna live forever as a name. But there are artists today that could break real big today, but boy, can, is it hard to stay. So that's the biggest difference. That's the biggest difference is in some ways, I have to say in some ways, you know, and again, it's about adapting. It, I, I love the old, but I love the new because it's fun to be around artists who are young, where we get to get behind them early, you know, when maybe no one else has heard of them. And my example is his post. You know, he had one song, White Iverson.
watch out, oh watch out, oh watch out, eh, yeah. I smash out, I smash out, I smash out, eh, yeah. I'm spending, I'm spending on my fucking pay. Or Gerbo, or A Boogie, or Ski Mask, or these guys who, you know, we were there early, and I like that. I think if we can support them in a way, it's a huge plus for everybody. Now, what was it about those artists? And you know, you can pick any one uh, specifically. What drew you to working with them? Because you know, you think about a large uh, wine and spirits company. G Herbo isn't the first artist they're thinking about. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, what about those artists spoke to you that made you feel like you wanted to work with them? I think, Jermaine. I think the key one is I'm making a conscious decision to think about them. Mm. To not focus on the biggest names, because to me, I wish someone had helped me, you know? So I and my team, we like working with kind of an underdog or the next one, because I feel like at least we're, it's part of our ethos. It's part of who we are, where it's our way of giving back or our way of doing things for because everyone focuses on the less than 1%, you know? Yeah. That's where the big companies come in. They just want to focus yeah, yeah, on the yeah. big names. So, you know, I'll do that too. But on a personal note, I'd rather focus on the next up-and-coming artist. It's not that we're trying to break somebody. It's just trying to show love to people. And I think the second part of the question has to do with why them. You know, there's a lot out there that we talk to. It's, it has to be reciprocal. That's the key. There's a lot of people we talk to who, you know what? They're not following up. They're, it's not in their ethos. It's not in, they're not the, you know, I wish everyone in the, in the space would watch moves like Ross. Ross goes after things. When he wants something, he wants it. That's the relationship I want. I want somebody who's, who's there in the good times and we know what, when something bad happens, he's also there and vice versa. So, you know, to me, it's about, Am I clicking with the person? Do, do they understand what we're about? Do they care? Does it matter? Are they, are, are they embracing what we're doing and making it part of their core? Not everybody does that, you know? Not everyone's gonna have that mindset. So my job is I wanna find people that have a like mindset to me and we all be we benefit that way. Also that approach legitimizes you a lot more because it shows that you truly do understand what's going on in the culture to not just go pick a top 40 artist off the radio and do something like you have to really know what's going on to even understand that these artists exist and have a real following. I want to know them intimately. I want to yeah. have a personal relationship because I'm not, again, it's not, I'm not looking to, you know, Ross, we talked for two years before we did anything. Wayne was two years before we did anything. Wiz was a couple, you know, it's, Khaled was all over me for years trying to work, you know? So the fact that they want it, God, that's a great sign. So now let's make sure you understand what we're about. I understand what you're trying to accomplish. So again, but the, all those things I'm saying, it's based on kind of a, it's learning, just learning, you know, what, what's important to me? What's important, you know? Yes, I want to sell more, but I want to feel good about how I'm selling, you know? And I think that's, that's part of it. And it's important to, like, you know, you offer products that have quality and quality comes in a lot of different ways. And the insight that you gain from these artists for each specific brand, I'm sure is just like invaluable. You know, I have a lot of hip hop people and wine people on this show. 
And many times my hip hop crowd doesn't know the wine person or vice versa. Here we don't have that problem. So I usually ask uh, my wine guests to pick a hip hop artist that they feel most spiritually connected with, someone that they feel represents their style, their swag. You know, it's really hard for me to break Rick Ross away <laughs> from you. Like, well, I think you, I think Ross, you know? So tell me a little bit about how you met Ross, your first meeting and how your relationship developed. Ross is a great example of, and this is, again, gets back to the core, the, the brands have to be good is, Ross saw the black bottle rosé, the black bottle in the clubs. Uh, on that note, I got to bust one over for my man Ross. I strongly believe that Rick Ross started in like, what, 2011, pumping Bel Air, right? And I never forget. He just kept saying, Rosé, that's my nickname. To that point, branding, his branding on just Rosé as a category was amazing, was amazing, you know? So I personally feel like Rick Ross does not get his credit for the amount of exposure that he gave Rosé as a category. Because, I mean, you think about Rosé from 2005 to 2011 and then how it shot. Like he was a huge, huge part of that growth. Sure, there's no question. You can use Bel Air as that example. We were already in the clubs. The brand's already doing well. He sees this brand, he's like, what the hell is that black bottle? I want that shit. And he ends up hitting up Clue because Clue was the DJ that night. Mm. Clue, what's this brand? And Clue's like, oh, that's, that's Bel Air. That's hot, it's everywhere. Well, I know the guy. And I'm friends with Clue, and Clue hooked me up with Ross, and we started talking. There's no question, I love Ross. Someone asked me recently, you almost talk about him like he's a mentor. He is, I learned from Ross. But the beauty is, I could, and you know, being with hip hop and wine in that space, you know how many brands have been involved with artists who have not worked? You know, for every one that has, you know, 200 have failed, not 100. You know what I mean? So it's a marriage. Correct. So to me, it has to do with, you know, this guy got it. He understood it. We've had a great relationship. It didn't, it didn't end after the first year, didn't after the second year, didn't after the third. You know, we're on 11 and 12 and 13, and it's, it's awesome. And that's what marriage is. That's what you want. You want that type of relationship where... I, I can call the guy every day and bounce ideas off him. He can call me and throw ideas at me. He can tell me, Brett, that's just stupid. You know, and, and that's what I want. And it, it works. And, you know, if I use, a, I'll use a different brand, which is our rum. Jermaine, I don't know if you've ever tried a uh, bamboo. Oh, you know, it's, there it's you been go. a fun morning. Let me tell you that. <laughs> so bamboo is a perfect example of, you know, I don't think the, the hip-hop world is drinking rum, but I get to introduce them to this new category and tries a brown liquor that I think is the best tasting in the whole world. And again, it's 
It's about the product. And if it's a good product, look what happens. There's no Wayne, way Wayne would ever be drinking this shit if he didn't think it was great. <laughs> Their reputation is based with quality. A hundred percent. That is that is a big deal, man. And so when you're um, thinking about flavor profile, because, you know, you got the gin. There's so many different styles of Bel Air. As you mentioned, the rum, Vilone, you know, like which I actually just had today, which is straight fire. I, yeah. I mean, the aromatics are yep. crazy yep. as soon as I put it in the glass and I had it in a wine glass. I'm like, yo, what the f So, you know, when you're thinking about the flavor profile and even the gin definitely has Everything has a distinct taste. Yes. And me, I like things that have, I don't like, you know, I've drunk a ton of wine. I don't like wine that just tastes like yep. wine. I need it to taste distinct. Yes. I don't, I, don't get me wrong. I love my Cal California Chardonnay people, but I like French Chardonnay. You know, like I love Chablis. Like there's always these small distinct things. Gin is one of those things. Gin is my drink. You know, that's my, that's my spare awesome. choice. And so... You know, I like the, um, I love like a gin and tonic, but this is something you could just throw some ice in it. Which you know, same thing with Vilone. There's a very interesting flavor profile. I'd be very interested to hear your thought process when looking at that. It's, it's, it's like I said earlier, what we try to do is there's someone out there that we want, what we think is the best, you know, in a category. Now my goal is I want to make a better product, but I need to make it taste different and different can be better but different can also just be different i don't want to put a brand out you know I, we probably in within my brothers and i we're all in the business now we we know whiskey better than anybody just because we grew up in this we know the space we've yet to figure out how something that tastes better something that's a little bit different and I need to know, I don't, I, I'm not a marketing guy. I, I don't want to just launch a brand for a brand's sake. I can't, I have to be able to look in your eye or a, a connoisseur or, or, or anybody who, who I, I'm tasting and say, you're going to taste a difference. You like Hennessy, try Vion. You like Diplomatico, try Bamboo. You like Moet, try Bel Air. So that's the first and foremost. And then... And then I'm a big believer, like if you try, have a chance, try our two different bamboos. We've got Bamboo Original, which is the bottle you were holding, and then we've got Bamboo XO, which is a black bottle. Mm. Even those two, they're drastically different. And I want that because I honestly don't think if you taste, you know, different cognacs, I can't tell the difference. I can't. I can't. They don't taste no. different. I want a discernible difference because I want you to have, I want the consumer to have an, a reaction. I wanted to have such a big reaction. The reaction is, God, I hate this. Oh, yeah. but I like this one, but I can't right. stand this one. You know, I think that's the fun part of, of an experience is you want to have that emotion tied to a brand. And when it comes to taste, you want to feel like I am having something really special. Definitely. And with that, like, you know, You've obviously learned so much during this entire thing. You learned a lot about your clientele, the demographic. Um, what pieces have you taken from, you know, brand to brand? What have you taken from each one and applied to the next? Oh, God, so much. Um, or well, one of the most stand, standout things in that. I think the, the, the biggest is and I tell people this is and it's a strange way to say it you know sometimes not having a plan is a good plan so I have this brand I created you know Bel Air right 
And I, I think the bottle's great, the name's great, the story's great, the taste is great. I'm gonna let it go into the world. I don't necessarily, I don't overthink how, where it's gonna work or how it's gonna work because I need to see, I need to figure it out. And that's to me is good brand building. Learn about it, you know, don't over, don't overdo anything until you figure out what's working, what's not working. So that's, that's how I think about it. And that I take, take forward with all our brands. There's no black box. It's not like, hey, in, in New York, you know, we're, gonna be, we're a retail brand and in New Jersey, we're on premise. I don't care. Justify anything. You can justify every decision you ever made, but the key is don't justify it. The key is to question it. Could I have done it better? Should I have done that? Should I not have done that? What could I have done better? Those things are rules that I just live by. Now, one, one interesting thing is like, Bel Air launched as a rosé first, right? Did you get any pushback or anything like that? Because that's pretty unique you know, for a sparkling. So when, I, when we launched this, so that was one, so in the, as you know, for anybody listening, in sparkling champagne space, you have a house of brands and the Brut, which is our gold bottle, is everybody's main line. That's the 800 pound gorilla. And then later on at a higher price, you'll launch a rosé and then a demi-sec and a Blanc de Blanc. And my view was, I don't wanna do it that way. I wanna do rosé first. I think rosé is amazing. I think it's global. I think it's women and men. And I wanna do it different. And the industry is like, what the F are you doing? You can't do this. And that's one of the things I've also learned is when the industry tells you not to do something, you should definitely do what you think is right. That's something I think is really unique and um, it really shows your knowledge of the hip hop culture coming in, you know, because like to see that, like as a dude that was like subscribed in hip hop culture and also, you know, working established in the wine industry, I knew how much that disconnect was like, I remember, I want to say this was like 2006, um, Jay-Z, he mentioned Petrus in a rap, and I'm in wine auction, I'm seeing Petrus being sold, I'm seeing it in the catalogs, I'm like, yo, we got to get some auction catalogs to Jay-Z. People laughed at me. It was like a thing that people laughed at, like, oh, rappers don't buy this stuff, whatever. And now look, you know, you got Ace of Spade on the cover of auction catalogs, you know? Um, but that said, Rosé, when people talk like Rosé, it was like, you're right. Like it was the Moet and then the Rosé Moet always costed more. And it was like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna go get a bottle of the Rosé to the point where, and a lot of people considered Rosé as the brand. So it's like, you understood the value associated with Rosé to the point where you're like, yo, this will launch first and it'll go. And it, it was also, Jermaine, it was also because Again, I'm competing with these big giant companies and fundamentally, and I get this from my father, I always think to myself, I gotta be different. I gotta do something that's different. I gotta be a little bit off because I can't, I can't compete with them. I can't do it their way. And if I use their model, it's never gonna work because I don't have the money that they have. I don't have the distribution, I have the cloud. So it's, to me, it's different. But what happens with difference is Everybody says, no, you shouldn't do it. And if, if I use, you know, Ace of Spades was mine, Doucet is mine, 
Bel Air, Bamboo, you just use those four, even McQueen now, you're nuts. The way you're doing it is not the norm. Don't do it this way. But they worked. So I think it's just sticking to your, you know, sticking to your guns. And to me, that's hip hop. You know, you, you believe in yourself. You believe you're doing the right way. You can't listen to everybody. You got to listen to yourself. And that's culture. That's, that's a form of, you know, I'm not here to follow somebody else's trend. I want to set my trend. I feel like you're constantly reinventing yourself and reinventing the brand. Rick Ross with this like superhero helmet now, I gotta ask, is that you or Ross? So, so but that's the beauty of it is, you know, we made those, those that mask, I, mean, I love that you saw that, a bunch of years ago. And that was my idea. It was my idea. I thought it was the coolest yeah. freaking thing. And um, Ross somehow found it. I mean, we've had it for years. <laughs> he found it. He sends me this video. I can't stop freaking laughing because of that laugh. <laughs> but but that's the beauty of, you know, don't over... If you just, That's why I love Ross. He doesn't overthink it. He just does it. And you can, if you just do it, it's always cool. It's never bad. It's just cool. But that's a perfect example. And that's how... That, that's to me is how... Uh, how not trends, but how how brand a good brand can be, become the fabric of something. You know, we're I'm sure you've heard the expression "black bottle boy." Yeah. So great example. Early on, when the brand launched, we saw on this is on Instagram on social media. We saw boy, someone started this group called Black Bottle Boys, and then in France, someone started this group called Bel Air Girls and Bel Air Boys. And we're like, this is so cool, but we gotta choose one. You know, let's get behind one of these. So we chose Black Bottle Boy. It's been 12 years and we're still working with it. It's something that the market created. And that's what's great about, I think what we do is, I don't think a big company would ever do that. Yeah. You know, because- It's like, they, they're, not, they're not close enough to the ground to hear. It's like, as a smaller company, you're small, so you can move faster than the big guys, you know, and you can attach to what's real. Or it's not even the small, it's just having the mentality that it's okay. Embrace the culture. Embrace what other people are doing. Take ownership in that. Then, it, then it's a huge plus. Yeah, nah, that's, that's big. We trying to run them numbers up, y'all. You want to help grow the brand? Subscribe to the YouTube right now. Be the first to check out new episodes of Taste and Notes from the Streets, our fire visual and event series where we pair our favorite foods from the hood with different wines from around the world. I mean, if you only listen to the podcast, you're only getting half the fun. So subscribe to the podcast and subscribe to our YouTube. One. I had a conversation with one of the higher ups from Alize, actually a few months ago. And you know, getting this kind of, mind you, you know, we both in suits, he don't, I mean, he probably assumes certain things. I'm in France and I'm speaking English. I don't necessarily sound like I'm from, you know, a certain background. So he probably assumes certain things, but we were talking about Alize and I was like, yeah, so talk me through how to start what happened. And he was just like, yeah, you know, it was going well. He talked about starting San Francisco, party beverage, so on and so forth. And he talked about how the hip hop community grabbed onto it and blew it up, but then it like died out. And I was like, well, why, what happened? He was like, well, there was this beverage, I don't know if you remember it, called Hypnotic. <laughs> hypnotic straight killed, like from the horse's mouth, I heard Hypnotic straight killed Alizé. 
and a, it was because it was a part of the culture. It embraced the culture and it did exactly the, the things that you're talking about, which was like, we're in it, we're gonna roll with it, you know? And it's really interesting how you learn from your clients, what, from your um, customers, what works, and you just dial it in. But, but again, it gets back to the product's gotta be good. It has to be. It has to be good. So if I take, watch, and I, I always get a kick out of it, if you take Bel Air, we're the number one champagne in Korea. Mm. The number one champagne in Vietnam. They're not listening to hip hop. <laughs> you know, in, if, if you go to Latvia today, uh, the country of Latvia, we sell, we're like the fastest growing spirit in the country with our brand Bamboo. They don't even know what rum is, but the brand is flying. They don't know who Lil Wayne is. They don't know. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's the product. And if the product is great, then you're on your way. And if you can fill it up around you with things that add value, then that's, a, that's, just, a, that's just doubling your efforts. Absolutely, man. So I see you getting in front of the camera more. You know, I love um, the series uh, Self Made, your, um, your new show. Can you tell me a little bit about that and, you know, why you felt it was kind of time to, for you to attach yourself to, to that part of it? So it was before podcasts and all that. And it's, we st I still don't know what it is, and meaning it's not like we're monetizing it. It's more a bunch of years ago, I started realizing with my team that like we have such a big social media following for a company that doesn't advertise in comparison to the big giant liquor companies who advertise just tons of money. And what it, we, what, what it has in common is that people hold our brands. It means something. It means something to have the bottle. And you'll take a picture with it, and it's like a trophy. And it is to me. And it's a powerful symbol. And to me, it's that symbol of I did something. I achieved something. And we started a series called Self Made. And I, I get to talk to whether it's, you know, all the people I mentioned, whether it's Khaled or Wayne, uh, to sports people, to business people. I just talked to Alex Ricard, the chairman of Pernod Ricard, as an example, liquor company. Um, but all I care about, I, success doesn't drive me. But hearing about the shit that people went through to get there, that's what gets me going. That's what motivates me. And I love hearing that story. I love hearing when people say, you know, no one was for me and my parents weren't, you know, and I slept out and I love that side. So that's what I get to focus on. I don't, I just want to focus on the, the, the grind, the crap they went through. Cause I already know you're famous. If I'm talking to you, you're, you've done something good, <laughs> but it's a neat series. We've probably talked to a few hundred people and we're going to keep doing it. I'm doing a big push now in Africa and I'm, I'm just a huge fan of Afrobeats and music in Africa. And I want to talk to everybody and I think it's giving them a platform to talk about themselves. So it's a neat series and it's called Self Made. I love it, man. Nah, and the shit just look, it look fly. I like fly shit, you know? And you know, it's definitely one of them shows that look that looks extremely fly, man. With that, so like what what's in the future for you? You know, you've this I mean, this is a, an amazing foundation uh for you. Like what what is next? Uh, <laughs> it's funny you say that. Next is the same it's 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 a it's a neat thing to say. 
all I wanted to do when we started this was I wanted I wanted to keep launching new brands in new categories if I had a good idea that could be realized. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's still the same thing. I probably have eight brands I'm going to launch over the next few years in different categories that I think are the best, that I think have a story to tell. And they're different. They're different. And I I love hearing, I can't, that's not going to work. I love it. So <laughs> it's, n- nothing's changing. It's the same philosophy. It's the same view. No, nothing, I, I hate, I'd love to give you a better answer. I just yeah, want to keep no, doing no, what I'm doing. Like, how do you think about what spirit or wine categories that you're going to enter in? Because I'm interested, like, I've always wondered, um, you did the, the Post Malone was a still wine, but are there any other still wines in, in the future? Uh, definitely. We got something coming. Um, what happens, Jermaine, for me is I drink. I drink the category. <laughs> I, honest, I was never, perfect example, I was, I was in Thailand and uh, on business for Ace, and I started, I went to a, a gin bar, and I started drinking gin, and I got stuck. And I drank, and I drank, and I drank, until I, I'm like, you know what, I wanna do something. Let's figure out something that's better and different. And that's what happens, it's happened. I'm, I'm in love with scotch right now, absolutely love with scotch, um, especially more smoky or peaty. I'm in love with that. I, I, I want to figure out, can I make something better? Can I go against certain brands? That's, it's, not, it's not we've got a marketing company or an agency or somebody's coming to us. It's we're, we drink. We drink and drink and drink and we, we want to figure out something, if we can come up with something better. And that's how it's happened with all my brands. Rosé, even Bel Air Rosé, that started because we had the still Rosé from Provence. This beautiful brand from Provence. I love Still Rosé from Provence. It's amazing. And my view was, well, geez, if the best rosé in the world can come from Provence, well, you know what? The best sparkling rosé in the world should come from Provence. And that's yeah. what we did. So it's everything is, uh, you know, I, I think of us ourselves and our company. Everything we do is this living organism that just keeps learning and we're figuring out as we go. The level of respect that I have for you and everything you've done cannot be expressed on this camera, man. I just thank you again for all the contributions and and taking this culture seriously. Uh, I I appreciate it. I I wish you all the best. Um, And I I will have succeeded if if, if McQueen and the Violet Fog becomes your gin for life. Yo, look, man, right now, I tell you, this got about a week in my house. My brother's already asking me, so, you know, you know how to find me. <laughs> so j- just do one solid for me. Wiz, Wiz Khalifa got me hooked on, ready? Gin yeah. shots, McQueen shots. You got to try McQueen as a shot. You'll never go back. If you ever drink tequila, you'll never go back. I was telling you like, yo, I, I'm a gin and tonic guy. Like this is a straight up thing right here. You just chill at, yo, it has the body on it, everything. Oh, uh, love I, it. Yeah, Thank that's you. That's the new house gin. I can see that, man. Thank you. <laughs> Well, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me and uh, have me back. How's that? Nah, the pleasure's all mine, man. Next time, we're going to lock this down in person. You know, we got to toast one up. Cheers, my friend. Cheers, everybody. Thank Cheers. you. This was a moment in wine and hip hop brought to you by Crew Love. <laughs>